Good morning, I'm Anna Marie, and it's time again for Focus. Today, we're going to talk to Sherry McKinney with the American Red Cross. She's the Regional Communications Director. We're going to see how COVID-19 has affected the Red Cross and all of their needs and all of the things that they do in our community. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you, Anna Marie. I appreciate having us. Now, you were telling me you're the world's, the Red Cross is the world's what? We are the world's largest humanitarian organization. We provide relief not only here in America, but internationally. So mostly people, I think, possibly think of you as the group that's on the ground, boots on the ground when there's a disaster. There's the American Red Cross. They're helping people. What services do you provide in times of disaster? And we've had quite a few here recently. You know, 2020 was truly a hit on the chin for us with the American Red Cross and disaster was prevalent uh, throughout the area. You know, we had our tornado March 3rd of 2020. Mm-hmm. We had the pandemic. We had the derecho. We had the explosion on Christmas morning. We took it on the chin, but we were there for the people because irregardless if there's a pandemic or not, the Red Cross will be there to supply relief at the time that folks need it the most. And that can be as simple as having someone to talk to, a health provider, a mental health provider. It can be cash aid to get you started for the first couple of days after a disaster. Mm -hmm. We can help you fill out insurance forms. It's a little bit of everything that you might imagine an organization would do to truly put our arms around the community and get them back on their feet. Are you having a harder time getting volunteers for the Red Cross? Is it paid employees or volunteers? Are you having a harder time with COVID? The American Red Cross is 90% volunteer workforce. So 10% of us actually make a paycheck from them, and 90% are doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. And we have some of the best volunteers in the entire universe here in Tennessee. i got (laughs) to tell you that we're called the volunteer state for a reason. Um, And it's not just because of UT. So um, I will tell you that while we're not seeing necessarily a decline in folks wanting to volunteer, we are seeing a need for volunteers because those volunteers that we have, especially during COVID, are over the age of 60. Typically, the average age is over 60. It's folks who retire and want to do more in their community. Whoa. Yeah. And so what we are seeing are folks that, quite frankly, should not be out dealing with COVID situations right now in disaster. We have a lot of virtual opportunities for those folks who can still serve their communities for disaster and need virtually. However, when there's a big disaster like the hurricanes we've seen, like the wildfires we've seen, there's going to be a need for sheltering. We still need volunteers for stuff like that that are willing to be there, boots on the ground, as you said. Mm-hmm. And hopefully within another year, we'll be able to get folks out like that. So what we're asking is if you are are healthy and not at a high risk for COVID, please, please go to redcross.org forward slash volunteer. Again, that's redcross.org forward slash volunteer and step up and, and help us out here in the community. We would love to get more young people involved. This is a great, tremendous resume builder to show that you've worked with the Red Cross because it it does build a lot of business skills for our volunteers. What about the virtual volunteers that you're talking about? I think a lot of people have some time at the house and they're online already and they do have those skills that they're not able to use during all of this. Yes, our virtual volunteers work as caseworkers Mm -hmm. uh, where they contact folks and uh, 
push their cases through uh, to make sure that they get the aid that they need. We also have people working on missing maps, and that is a very interesting uh, volunteer opportunity. On missing maps? Missing maps, where we go in and have people work on maps uh, internationally for finding where areas are that might be part of the disaster. Oh. Because with technology, we're able to 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 discover things like that and build these things for for disaster response. There's plenty of virtual help that we can do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the other thing I think people don't always realize is that you are empowered as a volunteer because of technology. So think of it that way. You can train during this time online. All of our training is being done for the most part online. Mm -hmm. I'd say a solid 98% of it is online. Wow. So it's so very easy. Again, you just go to that website, sign up, and we will be in contact. We will get you trained. You will not be just pushed out the door and say, go help somebody. We do do training free. Good. Uh, if you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus. And our guest today is Sherry McKinney with the American Red Cross. We're talking about, first of all, the boots on the ground kind of volunteers and now virtual volunteers. What about when you have people out there handing out uh, cash or gift cards or something to people who have experienced uh, a disaster. I think sometimes the tendency is, well, I've got some furniture that I'm not using. I'll donate to them. Right. We have other nonprofit partners like Goodwill Industries that we work with for material items. The American Red Cross truly needs financial support from the community, from corporate sponsors and partners And from individuals as well. Many people um, find it easy to donate monthly to the American Red Cross. And truly, when you're donating, you are really giving your money right there in the community. It's not going other places. And we have definitely seen over the last several months that, you know, that money is, is definitely needed. We're having more disasters worldwide that are over a billion dollars in recovery than we've had in the last decade. Wow. So we need to consider that. And you need to know that that without the generosity of community partnerships, like with this radio station, this opportunity to talk, like with donors being able to give financially, mm-hmm. like with our volunteers who are here in the community, we can't provide the, the job that we do without mm-hmm. this help, period. And- and they can go to redcross.org to find out how to donate. Absolutely. You can go to redcross.org to find out how to donate. You can go there to find out how to volunteer. You can find out how to take training classes such as CPR and AED classes. Good. Um, but you can also find out more about another service that we do, which is blood donation. Okay. So how is blood donation going with people in still basically in quarantine? Are the blood donations are the blood donations down? What's going on with that? Our, our blood donations aren't necessarily down, but the problem is with COVID-19, we are seeing patients in the ICU units that are in desperate need of convalescent plasma. And what? that is plasma that is um, donated from a patient who has had COVID, who has tested positive for COVID, who has beat COVID and and come out on the other end healthy and can donate that plasma. It takes about an hour and a half or two hours to donate plasma. So don't think you're going to come in like you do for a whole blood donation and be done in 20 minutes. Um, You know, it's a commitment. But the, the facts are convalescent plasma has been shown to help patients within the first 48 hours of receiving it. Whoa. And it's, it is critical. It is a critical need across the nation 
for this in, in all hospitals. So this is kind of as important as discovery of vaccines. We've discovered that convalescent plasma. Why? Because it has the antibodies? Right. If, and here's the coolest part about the American Red Cross and blood donation is if you go in to donate whole blood even, just red blood cells, and you go in to donate all blood donation, all blood product donation is tested for the COVID antibodies free of charge. Now, if you had to go to a doctor's office, that would cost you about $150 for that test. Yeah. Okay. So we're testing everyone that comes to any drive, any location for the American Red Cross that takes blood. Mm -hmm. And you get your results in the next two to three days after that. Mm -hmm. If you are detected as having the COVID antibodies as being positive, you'll be contacted to donate convalescent plasma. When you donate plasma, you can do that every week, every seven days, you can donate plasma. So we have people who are coming in literally every week to donate. And there's also people who have been doing that before who don't have, haven't had COVID, but they still donate that plasma because that's used to treat cancer patients too. Oh, wow. So I want folks to think about the opportunity that they have to donate one unit of blood product, whether it's plasma, whether it's whole blood, whether it's a power red donation. What is that? You, Power Red is is the whole the whole red product. Just just the red product. Okay. And it is an opportunity for someone to come in, donate that one unit, and you're gonna save more than one life. You leave there knowing you're saving a life. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. How are things different at the American Red Cross? office is that where they come in to make the donations uh yes well the donations can be made at the american red cross office and our donation centers are open in murfreesboro and also down on charlotte avenue and we are still operating there for blood donation the rest of us that are in humanitarian services we are working from home so majority of the folks are working from home you can go online and make your appointment we highly suggest that to go online and make your appointment at redcrossblood.org or even better, download from the app store the Red Cross Blood app. And that's a great app to have anyway. Mm -hmm. It'll keep records of how much you donate. It will keep records of if you're COVID positive. It will keep records of where your blood goes. You actually can track your donation and where it's being received. Wow. And honestly, we run a lot of tests on your blood before it's ever given to a patient. So there's a lot of things you can find out from a blood donation just about your general health also. Right. For example, I have tried to give blood myself for several years. And off and on, I can't give blood. I'm a healthy person. Right. But I can't give blood every once in a while. And that's because I have low iron. Uh. I wouldn't have known that had I not had my test done through American Red Cross. Same here. Yes. And so they were able to adjust my iron levels yep. and now I can donate no problem. Yes. Okay. So and that's such a simple thing to do and to make yourself feel better. Yeah. So it's a great opportunity also to get some good diagnostics, but that app <laughs> is great. Uh, I will also tell you that if you do have COVID-19 and you have become healthy after having COVID and you have those antibodies, you need to go out online and fill out online uh, to donate. So you can go to that um, redcrossblood.org and find out more information about okay. how to donate convalescent plasma. Good. Okay, so now 
You were talking about convalescent plasma. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus. And our guest today is Sherry McKinney. She's the Regional Communications Director with the American Red Cross. You talked about donating convalescent plasma. So what about uh, people who've had the vaccine? Well, if you've had the Moderna vaccine or the Pfizer vaccine, you can donate blood immediately. Okay. If you've had some of the others, you may have to wait as much as two weeks, mm-hmm. sometimes four weeks, depending on what brand of vaccine you took. Those questions can be answered on that website, oh, redcrossblood.org. And the reason we're mentioning the vaccine is because we are having a stronger rollout now. Yes. You know, we we have heard from President Biden that within his first 100 days of office, he has pledged to have 100 million vaccines administered. Now, that's great news. Mm -hmm. But realistically, looking at that, that means by April, we're still only going to have 20 percent of the American population vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So this virus will still be very much an issue even in April, May, June, July. So the need for this plasma is going to continue well into the summer and maybe into next fall. So it is imperative imperative that we get these folks who have recovered from covid to come in to donate that way i think there's a still a fear i know i'm still anxious about going into buildings where other people have gone can you reassure people let them know what safety measures are being taken at the uh, american red cross so they can feel comfortable coming in Um, I will tell you, we go through extensive cleaning every night and every four hours at the Red Cross during business hours. Uh, Everything is wiped down. Everything is cleaned. We we have a mask mandate in place for everyone who comes in. They must be masked the whole time they're there. They must be masked the whole time that they're donating. Mm -hmm. And, And just like what you did here when I arrived at the radio station, Everyone gets their antibacterial gel. Everyone is expected to make sure their hands are clean. Mm -hmm. There's extensive steps being taken to ensure everyone's safety. Good. Now, with COVID-19 and the quarantine situation, we're finding that fundraisers are a lot more difficult to handle or they're just developing in a, a completely different way. So the American Red Cross annually has several fundraisers. What does it look like now? What do they look like now? You know, we have been known, especially the Nashville area, for our Lifesaver Breakfast, which is an annual event that is indeed our largest fundraiser throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Um, And we rely heavily on the funds that come from that event. And this year, of course, with COVID, things are looking a bit different. So instead of having a live event, a live breakfast, the Lifesaver Breakfast, where you come and you hear celebrities talk and you hear people talk about how Red Cross has touched their lives and you have a nice little breakfast. Well, we can't do that now. Uh, So what we are doing is we are partnering with WKRN TV, too. Mm -hmm. And they are going to be hosting the Lifesaver special TV program on March 3rd, the one year anniversary of the Nashville tornadoes. Oh, wow. And um, we are going to uh, host the show with them. It will be a music special. We have some great music artists lined up that I just can't release just yet, but I'm very excited about it. It should be a great show. (laughs) When she releases that info, we'll update it on our Focus Facebook page. Yes, I I can promise if you are a, a fan of music, you'll want to tune in. I hate music. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the wrong industry, lady. So March 3rd at 7 p.m. on Channel 2 will be the Lifesaver special. uh, And we will be talking about the mission of the American Red Cross, of how we have services like international services, how we have disaster recovery, how we have... uh, 
you know, help with AED and CPR training, life-saving training, how we prepare for home fires, how we respond to home fires, how we collect blood. So all of that will be in that special as well. So it's a great opportunity for folks to tune in, learn more about the Red Cross, how it can touch literally everyone's life. There is not an American or a person who cannot be touched by the American Red Cross. And that's the truth. How were you touched by the American Red Cross? Sherry McKinney, the communications director. How was I touched? Yes. You really want to know my story, Yes, ma'am, please. Okay, I'll tell you my story. I met my husband back my first job out of college, which was on radio. And uh, years later, we get married. And in 2014, he was working out of state and came home and he had what we thought was the flu. And he was down for about 48 hours, feeling awful, running a fever. Uh, Finally, I convinced him to go to the hospital one morning. We get to the hospital and immediately they tell me he's in cardiac arrest. Oh. And come to find out he had developed endocarditis, which is a bacterial infection of the heart. And this, this bacterial infection had chewed away his heart valve and had also chewed away his aortic root of his heart. Oh. He spent four weeks in the hospital hooked up to genomycin, which is a heavy-duty antibiotic, to try to combat that because the, the tissue in his heart was so affected that it was like if, if they would have done the heart surgery, it would have been like sewing um, tissue, wet tissue paper together. It wouldn't have worked. Whoa. So they had him on this antibiotic. And when he went in to have his heart surgery, they replaced his valve and his aortic root with mechanical valve and root. But more importantly, during that surgery and before they got him rolled back to CCU, he had eight units of blood. Mm -hmm. And that was eight units of blood that came from people from the American Red Cross. Um, The hospital that we took him to was a Red Cross supplied hospital. So I know that blood came from the American Red Cross and Mm -hmm. its drives and its donors. And so literally that those eight people, (laughs) those eight people were able to give me my husband. They were able to provide him with the opportunity to be there for his mother when he buried his father the very next year. They were able to provide him the chance to compete in five Spartan races Whoa. And finish, which if anybody that's done a Spartan race knows that's something. And this is post-heart surgery. And they were able to let him see his son graduate high school and go to the University of Alabama and his daughter go to Los Angeles and live her dreams and for us to move here to Nashville for me to serve with the American Red Cross. So truly, when you ask me how blood donation in American Red Cross can touch someone, I can tell you, it really does. And it changes not only that person who receives that blood, but it changes the lives. This The cyclical effect of that blood donation is huge. Yay! That was a fabulous story. <laughs> and it's very, very true. I'm so sorry for all the hardship and the fear and anxiety and pain that you guys had to go through dealing with that. But man... Do I love a happy ending? That was fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes, thank you. And, you know, it was very reassuring to know that the blood product was there before he went into surgery. Oh. And 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 honestly, when we have blood drives, sometimes those eight units are half of a blood drive, a basic blood drive. So if you've ever thought about hosting a blood drive, 
I highly encourage you to go out on redcrossblood.org and find out how you can host a blood drive in your community or with your corporation and business. 80% of the blood that we receive, 80% comes from blood drives, not from those donation sites. Whoa. So we rely heavily on drives. So anytime we can do big community drives, we need to do that. Because when we're supplying 40% of the blood source for all America through the American Red Cross, and 80% of that is relied on drives, that's how necessary our drives are here in Tennessee and and nationwide. Are you having as many people want to do blood drives since possibly so many people are working from home? They can't call up and say, we're going to have everybody in the office, everybody in the building here, go ahead and donate today. How is that working now? Well, you know, so many people aren't working Mm -hmm. um, in buildings still, (laughs) including me. Yeah. Uh, But what we are doing is we offer highly cleaned, secured, and well-trained staff on our blood mobiles, which are going out. We also encourage places like churches that can open up and be widespread or civic centers Uh, or armories. or Lots of space. Give us lots of space. We do comply with every kind of COVID protocol there is, including keeping uh, our donation beds more than six feet apart. You know, the the protocol is there to keep people safe. We just need to make sure we have space for it Mm -hmm. and that our vehicles can get in for the blood drives. I would love to have an issue where we have so many blood drives going on in Tennessee one day that we don't have the vehicles to serve it. That would be a lovely problem to have. Yeah. And I will tell you, here's something else I want folks to know, that when you donate blood product, it can stay on the shelf a little longer than, say, plasma, the convalescent plasma. That's five days. Once you give blood uh, plasma, Mm -hmm. it has to be used within five days. And is it usually? (laughs) Yes. There's nothing left on the shelf with plasma. So just know that, you know, it, there is a time limit. This is not a shelf stable. This isn't like soy milk. It's not going to last on, on without being refrigerated. <laughs> it's going to take a while. So please, you know, think about if you can donate every 56 days ah. for a whole blood, do it. If you can donate every seven days for plasma, do it. You are making a world of difference for a family. So if I donate blood, can then can you then take the plasma out of it? They do do that for those that come up also positive for COVID antibodies. Yeah, we are trying to retrieve as much of those great antibodies and that great plasma that we can. So if that is detected, we will pull that. Okay. How many people does it take? How many donors would it take for it to be beneficial for you to send out the truck? You know, I'm not sure on the number of that, but if, if we're saying that Eight is about half of a decent blood drive. Mm-hmm. That's 16. So let's double that maybe because, you know, there will be some people that show up that can't donate. Oh, right. You know, like myself or you, for yeah. example. Um, so you want to make sure you overestimate. So that's a question that could be answered by one of our donor recruiters. But ideally, you want to get maybe 30, 40 people. A 30 to 40 is a great number. If you can get more than that, then then that's wonderful. And that would be worth kind of taking the truck out for. It would be worth that okay. for sure. Gotcha. And it's all, I mean, it's always worth it. <laughs> we just got to get this product going. Mm-hmm. There is a, COVID has affected all of us everywhere. Mm-hmm. Businesses, nonprofits, it's affected everyone. 
So it, it but when you think about the effects that it's had mm-hmm. on patients and healthcare, it's time for all of us as Americans to wake up and do our part, no matter what it takes mm-hmm. to, to deal with this and to battle this terrible pandemic. Yeah. And for most of those folks, it's battling it in those beds in the hospital. And without this convalescent plasma, some of them don't have a hope. Okay. Any final thing that you would like to add? Do you feel is important that we know about? Yes, I want to. I want to also stress that while we want convalescent plasma from all blood types, if you know your blood type, if you are a B blood type or an AB blood type, and you can donate convalescent plasma, that is especially needed all over the country, not well, just here in Tennessee, but all over the country. There is a need. We do need all blood types, but B. And AB types are critically needed. Why is that? Why just, are they used more or are they it's more just rare? A, it's, it's a rare blood type. And it's, you know, this is something that we deal with also with whole blood. But for right now, with convalescent plasma, mm-hmm. we still need to match those blood types. Mm-hmm. So be an AB, please. <laughs> Step on up. And we want to reiterate the reason the convalescent plasma is so important, because we have just a couple of minutes left. The reason that convalescent plasma is so important is because... Because it helps a patient who does not have the antibodies to fight COVID get that good source of antibody quickly into their system so that that can help them fight this virus. It's it's that simple. Mm-hmm. And the website, again, if you want to get more information, is redcross.org. Or if you are interested in giving blood or plasma or convalescent plasma, you can go to redcrossblood.org. Is that correct? Yes. And the app, Red Cross Blood app. Yeah, the Red Cross Blood app. Also, we have apps for everything. Mm -hmm. If you just put in Red Cross in your app store, you will be amazed at the apps you will learn. Another app that I think is very beneficial, especially after last March 3rd, is our emergency app. And it will go off when there's a tornado or a storm or any kind of disaster possibly coming. It will alert you. I will tell you, a solid 30 seconds before the alarm went off, the tornado alarms went off out where I lived near Donaldson, 30 seconds before I got the alert on my phone from my Red Cross app. Whoa. My emergency app. So go out there. We even have an app for pet care. You know, from Red Cross. So there's a little bit of everything out there for everyone with Red Cross. I want to encourage folks, be cautious this winter in your homes. Home fires are up this year, 25% up compared to last year. And I'm sure that's because we have more people spending time at home. Whoa. Um, So please go out, learn some more about safety tips and preparedness that can keep you and your family safe during this time and how you can help save a life. Are the Fire, home fires still caused mainly by candles. It seems like that was a prime, There's a prime, lot of prime. candle burning going on, uh, but there's also more cooking. And we find a lot of home fires start right there at the oven and stove. Wow. One tip that one of our fire departments gave us uh, years ago, and it stuck with me, is that if you have something on the stove, you're cooking, is, and you go to answer the door, you go to answer the phone, you go to do something, is to take a spatula with you and hold it in your hand. That's a great tip. And that way you don't forget that you've got something on the stove. Right. That's a great tip. And honestly, we see that all too often. I know I've been guilty of walking away, boiling eggs, and then all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, what is that smell? And I've literally let the water boil out. Yes. So folks, you know, go out, check out our website. There's so many Good. tips out there to keep you safe. Good.
Thank you for all you sure, do. Sure, sure. And uh, hopefully people will go to the redcrossblood.org website and find out how to donate as well. Sherry McKinney, the Regional Communications Director with the American Red Cross. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're also going to put all the links to the American Red Cross on our Focus Facebook page, so be looking for those there. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.